0: A Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham Chapter One The Riverbank The Mole had been working very hard all the morning, spring-cleaning his little house, first with brooms, then with dusters, then on ladders and steps and chairs, with a brush and a pail of whitewash, till he had dust his throat and eyes, with brushes of whitewash all over his black fur. Laking back in weary arms spring was moving in the air above in and in the earth below and around him penetrating even his dark lowly little house with a spirit of divine discontent and longing with small wonder then that he suddenly flung down his brush to the floor and said bother oh blow Also, was a hang spring cleaning a bolt down the house without even waiting Puddies on his coat. Something up above was calling him imperiously. imperiously. He made for the steep little tunnel, at, which answered his case to the to be the graveled carriage drive owned by animals, whose residences were nearer to the sun and air. He scraped and scratched and scrambled and scrooged. Then he scrooged again and scrambled and scratched and scraped working busily through his little paws and muttering to himself up we go up we go till at last pop he snout came into the sunlight he found himself rolling in the royal grass of great meadow this is fine he said to himself this is better than whitewashing the sun's sign struck hot on his fur soft breezes caressed his heated brow and the seclusion of he lived in so long and carol of happy birds fell on his dulled hearing. Almost like a shout. Jumping off all his four legs at once, and the joy of living and light and spring about his cleaning, he stood his way across the meadow till he reached the hedge on the further side. Hold up, said the elderly rabbit at the gap. Sixpence for the privilege of passing the private by the private road. He had been bowled over in an instant by the impatient and contemptuous mole, who trotted alongside the hedge, chafing the other rabbits as they peered, peeped hurriedly from their holes to see what the rounds about. "Onion sauce, onion sauce," he remarked jeerily layly I was gone before they could think of a fairy satisfactory reply. Then they all started grumbling at each other. How stupid are you? Why didn't you tell him? Well, why didn't you say? You might have reminded him, and so on in the usual way, but of course it is then too much too late, as is always the case. It all seemed too good to be true. Hither and thither through the meadows he rambled busily, along the head road, roads across the corpse finding everywhere birds, buildings, flowers. Budding leaves, thrusting everything happy and progressive and, hung up, and occupied. Instead of having an uneasy conscience at him and whispering whitewash, he somehow could now could only feel how jolly it was to be the only idle dog among all these busy citizens. After all the best part part of the holiday, perhaps not as much to be rest, resting yourself as to see all the other fellows busy work he thought his happiness was complete when he marauded aimlessly along, sunny stood by the edge of a full fled river. Never in life has seen a river before, this sleek, sinuous, full blooded animal chasing and chuckling, gripping things with a gurgle and leaving them with a laugh. Fling itself on the fresh playmates, they shook themselves free and were caught, held again all oh, was a shake and a shiver glints and gleams and sparkles rustle and swell, chatter and bubble, a mole was bewitched, enchanted fascinated by the side of the river he trotted on at one trots, when while very small by the side of man, a man who holds one spellbound by exciting stories, when when tired at last, he sat on the bank while the river still chatted on to him. A babbling procession of the best stories in the world, sent from the heart of the earth, retold be told at last, the insatiable sea. He sat on the grass and looked across the river, a dark hole in the bank opposite, just above the water's edge, caught his eye and dreamily fell to the, considering what a nice, snug dwelling place it would make for an animal with few wants and fond, of view riverside. Residence, above, bonjour, bonjour riverside residence, above flood level, remote from noise and dust, to gaze something bright and small seemed to twinkle down in the heart of it, vanished and twinkled once more like a tiny star. It could hardly be a star such an, in such an unlikely situation. It's too glittering and small for a small, work, small glow work. Then, as he looked, it winked at him. he so declared itse- itself to be an eye. and small face began gradually to grow up. round it like a framed round of picture. A brown little face with whiskers. A grey round face with some same twinkle in its eye that had f- at first attracted to notice. Mourley ears. Mourley ears and thick silky hair. It was the water rat. Then the two animals stood and regarded each other curious, cautiously. Hello, Mole, said the mole, rat. Hello, rat, said the mole. Would you like to come over? inquired the rat presently. Oh, it's all very well to talk. Said the mole, rather piss pis- pis- you never never be being new to the river and the rest of life in its ways. Rat said nothing, but stooped and fastened a rope and hauled on it. And lightly stepped into a small little boat which Mole had not deserved. It painted blue outside and white within. Just the size the two animals, the Mole's whole heart went out to it at once, even though he did not yet fully understand its uses. The rat sculled smartly across the made fast. Then he held up his forepaw as the Mole steadied, stepped grinsly down. Lean on that, he said. Now then, step lively, a mole, to his surprise and rapture, found himself actually seated in the stern of a real boat. It has been a wonderful day, said he to the rat. He said, said he, as the rat shut off and took the sculls again. Do you know, i never have been in a boat before in all my life. What? cried rat, overmouthed. Never been in a... You never? Well, what have you been doing then? So nice uh, as all that. It is so nice as all that, asked the mole shyly, though he was quite prepared to believe it, as he leant back in his seat and surveyed the cautions and oars and rowlocks, and all the fascinating fittings and felt the boat away, lightly under him. Nice, it's the only thing, said the rat, Suddenly, as he leant forward to a fish stroke, believe me, my young friend, there's nothing, absolutely nothing, half so much worth doing, as simply messing about in boats. Simply messing, he went on dreamily, messing about in boats, messing. Look ahead, Rat, cried the mole suddenly. Too late, the boat struck the bank, full of tilt. The dreamer, the joyous oarsman, lay in his back at the bottom of the boat, in his heels in the air. About in boats, or with boats, said Rat, went on. Rat right went on composedly, picking himself up with a pleasant laugh. In or out of them, it doesn't matter. Nothing seems really nothing seems really to matter. That's the charm of it. Whether you get away or whether you don't, whether you arrive at your destination, whether you reach somewhere else, or whether you never get to anywhere at all. You're always busy, you never do anything particular, and when you are done, is always something else to do. You can do it. If you like, you can do it. If if, if you like, but you'd much better not. Look here, if you really, if there's really nothing else on hand this morning, we'll be dropped down for the river, together and have a long day of it. Mole went his toes from sheer happiness, spread his chest with a soul in full contentment, leaned back blissfully into the soft cushions. "What well, am I having?" he said. "Let's uh, start at once. Hold hard a minute." Then, said the rat, he looped the painter threw a ring in his landing stage, climbed up up into his hole above, and after a short interval reappeared, staring under a fat wicker lunch basket. Turn that under your feet, he observed to the mole, as he passed it down the road. Then he untied the painter and took the skulls again. What's inside it? Said the mole, wiggling curiously. There's cold chicken inside," it replied the rat. Briefly, cold tongue, ham, um, cold beef pickle, gherkin salad, French roll, cress sandwiches, spiltly, ginger beer, lemonade, soda water. Oh, stop! Stop!" said, cried Mulwin's ecstasies. "Is it too much? Do you really?" F- think so? Quadrat, seriously. But only, what well, I always take on these little excursions. The owner is always telling me I am a, bad, a mean beast and cut it very fine. Marl never heard a word he was saying. It's all the new life he's entering upon. Intoxicated with the sparkle, the ripple, the scents, the sounds, the other sunlight. He trailed a paw and Walter dreamt, dreamed along. Waking dreams of Walter Ratt. Like a good little fellow he was, scullied steadily on football to disturb him. I like your clothes awfully old chap, he remarked. After half an hour or so had passed, I'm going to get black velvet smoking suit myself. day as soon as I can afford it. I beg your pardon, said the mole pulling himself together with an effort. You must think me very rude, but all this is very new to me, so this is a river. The river corrected the rat. And you really live by the river? What a jolly life. By it, and with it, and on it, and in it. To so the rat, it's brother, the sister, the mate, and sister to me, and aunts, And company, food, and drink, naturally washing. It's my world, and I don't want any other. What if it hasn't got, it's not worth having? Well, it doesn't know, not worth knowing. Lord, the times we had together, whether, whether in winter or summer, bring on autumn. It's always got its fun, its excitements. When the floods are on, the, are on in February, my cellar's base with a brimming drink, and they're no good to me, and the brown water runs by my best bedroom window again. It all drops away, and shows patches of mud that smells like plum cake, and rushes the weed clog the channels, like a potter, about a dryish lot over most of the bed of it and i am finding fresh food to eat and things careless people have dropped out of the boats but it's a bit dull at times the mole ventured to ask just you and the river and no one else to pass the word with no one else too well i haven't must not be odd and you bit of rap for for France. you're new to it and of course you don't know the bank is so crowded nowadays and many people moving away altogether Ah oh, no it isn't what it used to be at all otters kingfishes fishes drab chickens moorhens hens all of them out all day long and always wanting you to do something as if the feller had no business of his own to attend to what lies over there asked the mole waving a paw towards the background of woodland a darkly frame the water meadows one side of the river that oh that's just a wild woods, said the rat thoughtfully. We don't go there very much, we river bankers. Aren't they Aren't they very nice people, then there? said the Mole, a trifle nervously. Well, replied the rat. Let me see, the squirrels all right. The rabbits some of them, but the rabbits are a mixed lot. Then there's Badger, of course. He lives right in the heart of it. Don't live anywhere else, either. You paid him to do it. Dear old Badger, nobody fears of him. It better not," he's added slight add significantly. Why would you? Should you fear? Why? You, who should you fear of him? Asked the Mole. Well, of course there are others," they Rat in hesitating sort of way. Weasels well, and stoats and foxes and so on. Yeah. Save big on brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app. past the time of day when we meet and all that but they break out sometimes but there's no denying it and then well you can't we really trust them and that's a fact Moan my own you will and it's quite against animal etiquette to dwell on possible trouble ahead even to allude to it so he dropped the subject and beyond the wildwood again he asked where it's all blue and dim and the wild seas what one well, may be hills of perhaps amen and something like smoke of towns? Or is it only cloud drift? Beyond the wild wood comes a wild world, said the rat. And there's, some, there's some, that's something that doesn't matter either to you or me. I've never been there. i never never in. Nor you either, if you've got any sense at all. Don't ever refer to it again, please. Now then. Here's your backwater at last, where we can go in to lunch. Leaving the main stream, now they passed into what seemed, at first sight, like a little land locked lake. Green turf sloped down to either edge. Brown, snaky tree roots gleamed below the surface. A quiet water, while ahead of them, a silvery shoulder and foamy thimble, ware arm in arm with restless, dripping mill house held up its turn by grey gabbled gabbled wheelhouse filled the air with a smoothing murmur of sound dull and smothering yet with a little clear voices speaking up carefully out of it out at, at, at interview the falls it's not very it was very very beautiful the mole could only hold up both four paws of grass oh my oh my oh my Rat brought the boat alongside the bank, made her fast, helped the still awkward mole slave his shore, and swung out the luncheon basket. The mole begged as a favour to be allowed to unpack it. All by himself, the rat very pleased indulged him, to spool a full length of the grass and rest, while his excited friend took out the tablecloth, spread it, it out, took out mysterious packets one by one, ranged their contents in due order. Till gossip, oh my, oh my, at each fresh revelation. When all was ready, the rat said, "Now pitch in, old fellow." And Mar was indeed very glad to obey, for he had started his sprinkling at a very early hour that morning, as people do, and had not paused for bite or sup. He had been through a very great deal since the distant time which now seemed so many days ago. "What are you looking at?" said the rat. Presently when the edge of their hunger was the somewhat dulled, and the tail's eyes were able to wander off the table off a little. Looking said the Mole, at a streak of bubbles I see travelling along the surface of the water. That is a thing that strikes me as funny. Bubbles? Oh ho, said Rabbit, cheer up cheerily, as inviting sort of way. A broad, glistening muzzle showed itself above the edge of the bank. The otter hauled himself out and shook the water from his coat greedy badges he begging for the preventer prov- 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 why did you invite me ratty this is an untrue affair replied explained the rat by the way my friend mr mole proud and shore, the otter and the two animals were friends for with my rumpers everywhere but continued the otter all the well seems to be a r- 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 on the river today i came up this blackboard to try and get a moment's peace and stumble upon you fellows, at least I beg your pardon. I don't exactly mean that, you know. There was a rustled bit behind him, proceeding a hedge within. Lastly, these leaves still clung thick, but a stripy head with high shoulders behind it appeared full on them. Come on, old badger! Shouted the red rat. Badger trotted towards a paint pe- forward a face or two. And grunted oh, company, turned his back, and disappeared from view. That's just the sort of fellow he is," observed disappointed rat. "Simply hates society. Why we shan't see any more of him today. Well, tell us who's out on the river. Toes out for one. Pilotta, his brand new wager boat, new togs, new everything. Gentlemen looked at each other and laughed. Once it once it had nothing. It was nothing but sailing," said rat. And he tried like that. He took the punting. Nothing him but the punt all day, and every day a new mess he made of it. Last year he was house belting. And all, we all went to go and stay with him in the house belt. Pretend we liked it. He's going to he was going to spend the rest of his life in the house, belt. It's all the same whenever he takes whenever he takes up, he gets tired of it, and starts to do on something fresh. Perhaps that's a good fellow too, remarked the officer, effectively but no stability, especially in a boat. From where they sat, they could get a glimpse of the main stream across the island. separated, just then a wager boat, flashed into view. The rower, a short, stout figure, flashing badly, a rolling good deal, but working his hardest, ratcheted up and held him. The toad, for it was he, took his head and settled sternly his, onto his work. He's out on the boat in a minute if he rolls it like that," said so the rat, setting down again. Oh, of course he will," chuckled Old Brattle. "Did I not ever tell you the good story about Toad, Lockkeeper, having his way? Toad, a mayfly, sir, served unsteadily, of aff- want and in current, intoxicated fashion, affected by young bloods, a mayfly, seeing life, swell watered a cloop the bay flying was visible no more neither was the otter the mole looked down the voice was still in his ears the turf within is broad but clearly, it was clearly vacant not an otter to be seen far as the distant horizon again there was a streak of bubbles on the surface of the river that hummed a tune and the mole we collected that the animal we with intricate, about any sort of comment and the sudden disappearance of one's friends at any moment for any reason, or no reason whatsoever. Well, well, said the rat. I suppose we ought to be moving. I wonder which one of us had better pack the lunch basket. Don't speak as he, he was frightly eager for the treat. Oh, please let me, said the mole. So, of course, the rat let him. Packing the basket is not quite such pleasant work as unpacking the basket. There he is. The mole was bent on enjoying everything, although, just when he had got to the basket, packed and strapped up tightly, he saw plates plate at him, on the grass, and the job had been, do- had been done again. When the job had been done again, rat pointed out the fork which anybody ought to have seen. And last of all, behold, the mustard pot, which he had been sitting on without knowing it, till somehow the thing got finished at last, without much loss of temper. The afternoon sun was getting low as Rat scullied gently homewards, a dreamy mood, muttering poetry things over to himself, not paying much attention to the mole. But the mole was very much full of lunch to our satisfaction and pride, already quite at home on the boat, so he thought was getting a bit restless besides. Presently he said, Ratty, please I want to row now. Rat shook his head with a smile. Not yet, my young friend, he said. Wait till we can get a few lessons. Not as easy as it looks. The mole was quiet for a minute or two. He began to feel more and more jealous of Rat. Sculling so strongly and so easy along, his pride began to whisper. Uh, he couldn't do it every bit of, as well. He jumped up and seized the seas of skulls, so suddenly Rat was grazing out over the water. Saying that uh, the boy approached his himself, was taken by surprise and fell backwards off his seat. His legs in the air for a second time. My triumphant Mole took his place and grabbed the skull's entire confidence. Stop it, you silly ass, cried the rat from the bottom of the boat. You can't do it. You have you have us that, over. Mole flung his skull back with a flourish and made a great dig at the water. He missed the altogether. His legs flew up above his head. He found himself lying on top of the prostrate rat. GREATLY alarmed, he made a grab at the side of the boat. Next moment, splosh! Over went the boat, and he found himself struggling in the river. Oh my, how cold the weather was, and oh, how very wet it felt. How it sang in his ears. He went down, down, down. How bright and welcome the sun looked. She rose herself as coughing and spluttering. How black was his despair when he felt himself singing again. And a firm paw grabbed him, gripped him by the back of his, of his neck. It was the rat. rat. He was only laughing. The mole could feel him laughing, right then his arm through his paw, so into his the mole's ne- neck. Rat got hold of skull and shoved it under Noel's arm. And then he did the same by the other side of him, and swimming behind him, propelled a helpless animal the shore pulled him out, and set him down on that bank. A squishy, pulpy lump of misery. The rat rubbed him down a bit. A wrung some of the wet out of him, he said. Now then, old fella, trot up and down the poem path as hard as you can. You're warm and dry again. while will drive for the luncheon, die for the luncheon basket. So the dismal mole, wet about, ashamed of him, trotted, until, until about till he was fairly dry. A rat plunged in the water, again recovered the boat, ridded her and made her feet. Her fast fetched his floating property to shore by degrees, and finally dived successfully for the luncheon basket, and struggled to land with it. When all was ready to for a start once more, a mole limp and and, reject, and rejected. Took his seat in the stern of the boat as they set off, and said in low voice, Welcome emotion back in my generous friend. I'm very sorry indeed for my foolish and grateful conduct. Well heart quite fails me when I think how I might have been lost to that beautiful luncheon basket. Indeed, I have been complete arse. I know it. Will you further look it? it's once and forgive me? Let things go as before. That's all right, bless you, responded the rat, cheerily. That's what what a little what's a little wet to walk rat. I'm all in water and out of it most days. Don't think any more about it. And look here, I'd really think you'd better come and stop with me for a while. For a time, very plain and rough. But, you know, it's not like Toe's House at all, but you don't haven't seen that yet still. I can make you comfortable. and teach you to row and to swim. You'd soon be as handy in the water as any of us. Ma was so touched by his kind manner of speaking, he could ask that, that he could uh, could find no voice to answer him. He had brushed away a tear or two with the back with the back of his paw. The rat cunning kind of looked into the, another direction. presently, the mole spirits revied again. Is that was even able to give some straight-back talk to a couple of hens who were sniggering to each other by his braggled appearance. When they got home, the rat-cake made a bright fire in a parlour and pounded a mole in an armchair in front of it. Harry fetched down a dressing gown and slippers for him and told him river stories till supper time. Very thrilling stories. They were, too, to an earth-dwelling animal like mole. Stories about weirs and sudden floods and leaping pikes, streamers that flung hard bo- bottles At least bottles bottles were certainly flung from steamers, presumably by them, about the herons and how particular they were, whom they spoke to, about adventure down drains, right fishing, with otter excursions from far field with badger. Supper was the most cheerful meal, but very shortly afterwards, the terrible sleeping mole had to be escorted. Upstairs, by the considerate host, to the best bedroom, where he soon laid his head on his pillow in sweet peace and content- contentment, knowing that his new-found friend, friend, the river, was lapping the still of his window. This day was only the first of many similar days that, for the immensely expectant each of them longer and full of interest as rippling summer moved forward, moved onward. He learned to swim and row and entered into the joys of running water. With his ear to the streams, he caught at intervals something of what wind went whispering so consistently among them.